Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today we have a special, special guest with us, a doctor that should be really held up in high regard for his um, dedication to our veteran population and the things that he does to make sure it's sure the health of our people. Uh, Dr. Greg Winstead is a board-certified family medicine physician who has lived and practiced on Chicago's South Side for over a decade. He completed a Bachelor's of Science degree at Morehouse College a Master's of Public Health degree at the University of Michigan, and a Doctor of Medicine degree at the uh, University in Santa, uh, Santa Domingo. It's Ibero-American Ibero University. Uh, and this is in the Dominican Republic. I wish he had told me about that. I'm going to have gone down there with him. Dominican Republic. Uh, <laughs> he completed residency training at the Cook County Loyola Provident Family Practice Residency Program. He also had, holds the HIV Specialist Certification from the American Academy of HIV Medicine and was a past designated civil surgeon with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. His interests center around the special circumstances of populations of color regarding health outcomes and social experiences in the U.S. and abroad. Welcome, 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 Dr. Winstead. And today we're going to be talking about updates on COVID-19 and vaccinations at the Jesse Brown VA Medical Center. How are you doing today, my brother? <laughs> I'm very good, very good. An honor to be with you here, Dr. Damon Arnold and the American Heroes Group. Yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what's going on at the uh, Jesse Brown VA as far as the COVID-19, because I know that's a really critical issue nationally, and uh, we have uh, made some movement towards that, and the VA uh, is actually surprised, you know, supplying vaccinations to our service members, our veterans who served uh, all across the country. But what's, what's happening here? Yeah, so, so what's happening here, and I'm really, really pleased uh, to be on here today to talk about what, what's going on. I think just um, as a little bit of background information, let me just do some brief stats nationally according to CDC. So at this point, there have been 27.2 million cases COVID since the beginning and the recognition of the pandemic. Uh, highest number of cases was on uh, January 8th uh, of 2021, with 314,000 cases. Highest death, uh, highest count of deaths due to COVID was on April 15th, 2020, but the second highest uh, date uh, with the second highest amount of death rates was on January 4th, 2021. And I think it's important to mention that mm -hmm. for people to remember that though fortunately, we know that CDC has given us the Wonderful news that cases and deaths are declining. COVID is still here. Yes. It is not a hoax. It is real. It is still here. And it has immediate and long-term um, implications that we need to look at. So um, just looking uh, nationwide, 
we see that, um, let's see here, the vaccine rates uh, by race are given, first of all, by sex, vaccines are going mostly to women. Women nationally are 63.2% of people who have received the vaccine so far, okay. with men being uh, 36.8%. By race, we see that across the country, uh, our white folks are 63% of those who've gotten the vaccine. Hispanic, Latino, Latina, Latinx are 8.9%. Blacks are African-American descent. 6.7 of those who have received vaccines and our indigenous populations, about 1.7%. So to that end, we are ramping up uh, vaccinations and trying to get folks into different vaccination sites across the country and certainly at Jesse Brown VA. Um, this is something that uh, is extremely important to us because in our practices at the VA and colleagues around the country and around the world, we have seen the devastating toll that uh, COVID is taking in all of our populations, but particularly the populations at the highest risk, the populations of African descent, African-Americans, Afro-Latinos, and uh, the indigenous population. And then with people who have particularly uh, severe chronic illnesses like end-stage renal disease, people on hemodialysis, people with cancers. So at the Jesse Brown VA, we are currently, fortunately, full speed ahead rolling out our recruitment of folks in Category 1B to get the vaccine. So due to supply and demand, it's been necessary to kind of categorize the people who get the vaccines first, second, third, and so forth. That's not what we want. We want everybody vaccinated. But just due to supply and logistics, we've had to kind of break it up. So 1A uh, category were the frontline health providers, physicians, nurses, those on the front line. 1B are folks uh, 65 years of age and older, and then uh, folks with chronic health conditions and uh, frontline workers. So at Jesse Brown, we're currently uh, enrolling people to come in who are 65 years and older, those who have uh, end-stage renal disease on dialysis, cancer, organ transplant patients of any age, and then the CDC defined uh, essential frontline workers. So just briefly, uh, I got some great stats from uh, my colleague, Mr. Stephen Miller over there and our public affairs resourceful guy on the spot. So today we've vaccinated 8,500 uh, veterans and, and staff within our facility we're vaccinating, vaccinating at a rate of 400 to 500 per day. Wow. That is pretty impressive. That is. If you think about everything it takes to uh, orchestrate a vaccine rollout. Um, it, with regard to racial break, breakdown at Jesse Brown, uh, folks of African descent have been 52% of the people who have gotten vaccine, and our uh, white colleagues are... Uh, 41 percent. And so we are offering uh, those vaccines to people who fit the categories uh, who are our patients already in primary care and to veterans who are not in primary care. We have resources and a connection line that they can call to get themselves on the schedule to find out how to go about getting enrolled in care and th thereby be stratified for vaccine. 
Oh, fantastic. It sounds like they're doing a lot of good work there. And, um, you know, one of the things that people sometimes ask is, you know, can you get the, you know, uh, virus from the vaccine? And what would be your reply to that? (laughs) Yes, you know, I'm so glad you asked that question because that um, is part of what we talk about when we hear so much about mistrust in the medical arena, mistrust in public health, uh, simply because of historical and current experiences that people have. So one of the things that I'm very pleased to uh, report is that by uh, with the CDC information, it is not possible to get COVID disease from the messenger RNA vaccines. So the messenger RNA vaccines are a different technology. They're actually not brand new. They have been used uh, in other vaccine research for other vaccines. But with regard to this current emergency in which we find ourselves, very, very good uh, mechanism, a new mechanism. The most common question I get, uh, Doc, is uh, when patients come into my office and I am pushing this vaccine like 40 going north, I'm not playing with it. Uh, The most common question I get is, well, Doc, you know, how do I know that I'm not going to get uh, COVID if I get the vaccine? Is it safe? So with the messenger RNA vaccines, what happens is that unlike in other vaccines, even in the flu shot, when we give like a killed or an activated virus, we introduce that into you. We introduce that into kids. I get my flu vaccine every year, like clockwork. This is different because we are not injecting the uh, SARS-CoV-2 or the coronavirus into you. We're taking a tiny piece of the internal genetic material and injecting that into into your body so that when it's incorporated into our own cells, our own cells are tricked into mimicking uh, proteins from the virus so that our bodies recognize ourselves as the virus, even though they're not, and thereby create uh, antibodies to destroy them. So, mm-hmm. the and, and really, you, you would definitely have to talk to our colleagues over there in ID, yeah. infectious mm-hmm. diseases, and, and immunology to talk about the full process. Mm-hmm. But no, the short answer is no, you cannot get covid from the messenger RNA vaccine. Right. And it's been, it's been the technology's been around for 20 years and then we have the, the technology has advanced uh very uh rapidly just like our iPhones have. Uh, we also yes. and we also have uh you know uh telecommunications it's easier for the scientists to communicate with each other. I think this is probably the most watched vaccine in the history of vaccines. You have people all around the world <laughs> you were watching this every step of the way and so it wasn't rushed. You know, a lot of administrative hurdles and roadblocks were taken out of the way in vaccines being uh, vaccine being produced. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we weren't supposed to be taking calls, but there's one caller who wanted to ask a question, a uh, brief question, um, and that is Chuck, a veteran from uh, Oak, Oak Park. How are you doing, Chuck? Yes, blessing to you, gentlemen. Uh, I'm in uh, category, oh, I'm not in category three, uh, cat- category two, but I want to know whether there's waivers if I am, if I have preconditions, and under under that age, uh, two is that I'm I'm a Jesse Brown. That's what my primary care doctor is, and I, I've been there a few times for appointments, and I know the lines are empty. 
There are no lines there or at Jesse Brown, so I don't know whether they're coming there to get the shots or not. And three, is there any way to find out what which via which which uh, vaccine does the VA do? Is there a the vaccine? Is it Modul or Pfizer or AstraZeneca? Yes. Well, um, I'm glad that you asked that question because I'm sure that many uh, veterans around our area have that question. Uh, there is a contact number that we can provide for you so that you can call in to find out about specifics about your getting the vaccine and your inclusion in this group 1B. So I can make those uh, through Dr. Arnold. We can make that number available to you. Um, the, the VA does have both the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines. No others at this point. We do not have the Johnson & Johnsons uh, at this point right. until um, that has been fully rolled out. So at, at this point right now, we are giving the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines. So he can go to like, you have a general number like jessebrownva.gov or... Uh, yes. Uh, hold on one second. Let me yeah, pull. Yeah. I just had that right in front of me. <clears throat> but a good, me. good, good question, Chuck. Thank you very much for that question. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, here. you know, as, as you're looking for that, one of the things that um, also people ask, you know, are the vaccines, you know, what are the side effects of a vaccine and what are the common things that I can experience? I had the vaccine actually myself uh, exactly one week ago for the first dose. And uh, I had a little bit of soreness in my, you know, in my left arm. I did it in my left because I was going to use my right to do everything else, drive and, you know, write and all right. that kind of thing. But uh, it just lasted less than a day. <laughs> and yes, right. so I, I feel fine, had no other side effects at all. And so most commonly, I guess, there's a little swelling, a uh, little bit of mm-hmm. soreness in the area, and maybe a little bit of redness. But uh, other than that, you know, maybe you can talk about the side effects and, you know, what people can expect. Yes, absolutely. And I do. I did find that number. If you I don't oh, know sure. if you want it now. Yes, you can. OK. Yes. Um, so for folks who are already invo- involved in primary care at Jesse Brown, that's three, one, two, five, six, nine, five, eight, zero, one. OK. And for veterans who are not yet enrolled in primary care, but want to uh, be enrolled, they can go to www.chicago.va.gov. And then click on the uh, tab that says Becoming a Patient. Okay, good. Okay, great. Now, some of the side effects, just like you, you know, I've had both of my vaccines, uh, and I did get them at Jesse Brown, um, and I really felt uh, compelled to do that there. That's where I work. I believe in our work at Jesse Brown. I've seen nothing but good, committed folks around the entire center. Um, Side effects from the vaccine range from zero, nothing at all, mm-hmm. to uh, a little bit more aggressive uh, side effects. Like mm-hmm. you, when I got my vaccine, I think after I got my first vaccine, within an hour, um, I had just a little soreness in my left arm, like you, mm-hmm. at the site of injection. Yeah. About an hour after that, I had a very tiny feeling of feverishness. But when I checked my temperature, it really wasn't elevated. So drank some water, took some Tylenol. I was good. Uh, After my second vaccine, I did feel a little fatigued. Uh, I I did get a little measurable fever. Drank juices, chicken soup, 
uh, fever reducers, got some sleep, which I needed anyway. And by the end of 24 hours, just as you hear uh, across the country, uh, really it's about 24 hours and, and most folks are good. And that's what happened with me. And no side effects since then at all. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then I think that's what happens uh, with many of the cases. Uh, you know, I, I think there was actually a study because they have the uh, vaccine uh, adverse events reporting system as part of the whole uh, vaccination program. And uh, they had about uh, 34 million doses given of the vaccine and only had 21 people who had actually any kind of um, you know, severe uh, allergic reaction, and all of them are living right now. <laughs> they right, were absolutely for it, and so no deaths you know associated with the vaccine is, uh, at this point that so we know of. Uh, yeah. So you know, one thing um, we have um, just one more caller, <laughs> and Kareem, uh, just ask your question. Uh, we have a very limited amount of time, but uh, go ahead and ask your question very quickly. Okay, I'll, I'll make it as brief as possible. Yes, sir. Uh, hello, hello to both of you guys. Thank you. Hello. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm a pretty big critic, critic about the COVID-19 saga that's going on. So I just want to let you guys know that first. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. the question to the doctor is: um, uh, there's, there's, I think there's four or five states where uh, people uh, these uh, that have the highest number of a death rate for, for COVID-19. I won't go into that number right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, here in New York, where I live, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, uh, we hear in this, I call it propaganda of blacks being the number one victim of uh, uh, highest death rate, mm-hmm. when in fact it's nursing home patients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my first question. Why, mm-hmm. is, why, why are these numbers being construed? When in fact, okay. more individuals that die from COVID or supposed COVID are actually nursing home individuals. Mm-hmm. Number two, mm-hmm. why is it the the treatment for a, a disease such as COVID worse than the disease itself? I'll listen off the air. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things I know, uh, uh, Dr. Winstead, is that, you know, the, about 98 percent of the deaths are happening to people 40 years or older. We, we are starting to see more disease in young people, and we don't know what the long-term effects of these is going to be in people as well, and especially if they already have underlying chronic medical conditions. And as you said, uh, African Americans were 3.8 times, according to a CMS report, you know, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, 3.8 times more likely to be hospitalized than uh, whites, their counterparts. Also, mm-hmm. Latinos was 2.1 uh, times, and when you get down to the Asian category, about 1.5 per, uh, times is more likely. But if you had renal dialysis and you have end-stage renal disease, 11 times more likely. So, yes. you know, with these chronic diseases, we know that it's devastating, and we do know it has a disparate impact on the communities that you've been speaking about. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.